0: So good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining in. Um, And today, we are celebrating, uh, Christians around the world are celebrating Palm Sunday. On this day, Jesus entered Jerusalem as the King of Jews, as a, a king was riding on the donkey, coming as a king of peace to his people. Okay, so today is Palm Sunday, and Jesus is entering Jerusalem as King of Jews. He He's riding on a donkey to meet his people. He's coming in peace. And this is just one, be, one week before Jesus is crucified, and he rose again from the dead. Now, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy in Zechariah, Zechariah 9, where prophet Zechariah had prophesied about Jesus 500 years before this incident happened. And he spoke about a future king who will come to rescue humanity. And this future king will, will, will bring righteousness, will bring peace, and will come in humility, riding on a donkey. Now when Jesus entered Jerusalem, there was a lot of excitement. The people received Jesus as their king. They, they took their garments, and some people took some leaves from the nearby trees, and they laid them down on the road ahead. And, as the, uh, and, and so that the donkey on which Jesus was sitting could pass on on that. And they were all shouting in excitement the modern-day equivalent of long live the king. Now, Jesus has been an excitement for the last 2,000 years. Has been an excitement for last 2,000 years. Now, when, I, when we go and ask the believing Christians, hey, why are you excited about Jesus? What is that excitement about Jesus? You will get different answers. Different answers. But I believe that there's one popular answer that people will give. And, and, and I've summarized it in this way. That God created Adam and Eve... And put them in the Garden of Eden, and he gave them a moral code, a command that they should follow. And they should follow this command perfectly so that they can continue to live in this garden. Unfortunately, they they miss the mark, they sin, and they're expelled from the Garden of Eden. Then God makes a covenant with people of Israel, and he asks the people of Israel to maintain that covenant. A covenant is like a law. Maintain the law with me. You, you follow your part of the law, I will follow my part of the law. But Israel fail miserably. And, and you see that Israel is actually representing the whole humanity. And that they sin and 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 with that, um, you know the israel Israel is exiled, they fail and and now, since Israel failed and and because of that the whole of humanity failed, that we are all going to hell rather than heaven, and then Jesus comes along, he follows the moral code perfectly, and he. He pays the price, he pays the penalty for all our sins, and, and now, because of Jesus, we can all go to heaven, and we can live with our, in an eternal relationship with our Father, and that's why we are all excited about. So that's the, that's the popular understanding of, of what Jesus did for us. And I believe, in my opinion, that this is a very narrow understanding of the good news, a narrow understanding which, if we, if we follow this understanding in our life, it will lead us in a direction which is not biblical. Why? Because it portrays a wrong picture of God. It paints a picture of an angry God Number two, it, 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 the relationship between man and God is contractual. I do my part of the contract, you do my, your part of the contract, I'll keep my contract, and your contract is to take me to heaven. It creates a mindset where, it creates a mindset where, um, you know, I will just do enough to go to heaven. My focus is on heaven. I'll do just enough to go to heaven. I don't care about this life in earth. So it impacts the way we deal with people, the way we love people, the way we can connect with people, and how we minister to people. And because of this, trust me, church has become ineffective and irrelevant. Now, this if you'll be surprised to know that this understanding of the gospel only became popular in 17th century by what is known as the Westminster Confession of Faith. Westminster Confession of Faith. This was not the understanding of the early Christians. This was not the understanding of, the, of God's salvation story of the Jews at the time of Jesus. Okay, so if you have to understand God's salvation story, God's rescue plan for humanity, then we need to understand, we need to go back and look at the early Christians or we need to look back at how the early Jews and the early Christians, or Jews at the time of Jesus and early Christians understood the, the creation and God's covenant with Israel. Okay, you guys are ready? So um, so let's start with creation. I won't go through the, the, the scripture here, but... You can find creation in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. But let's summarize some key important points. God created Adam and Eve, and he placed them in the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden had four important things. First one, it was a place of divine presence. God lived in that place. Adam and Eve lived in that place. That was a place where heaven met the earth. It was a place of divine presence. Second, it was a place of life. There was no death in the Garden of Eden. Number three, God gave Adam and Eve a mandate. Be fruitful, multiply, and reign over all of creation. So, so the people, Adam and Eve had a, had a mandate to be image bearers to God. They had to, they had to reflect God's goodness, God's wisdom, God's stewardship into the world and reflect back praises from the creation back to God. Today we sang this wonderful song, All Creation Cries. All Creation Cries. And we're singing hallelujah for that. Right, so so th- so there is a there is a priestly mandate here that that we are uh, that adam and eve were called to be a royal priesthood or were called to be royal priests to god and the third it comes from the mandate that adam and eve had to reign over all of creation but unfortunately adam and eve got tempted they sinned and they got expelled from the garden of eden now let's come to the story of God's covenant with Israel. If, if you read Genesis, the book of Genesis, and most of us read this book of Genesis at the beginning of the year, but if you read the first 11 chapters, talk about the old humanity. About It starts with Adam and Eve and Noah and, and, and all these beautiful stories that you have. And in Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham. He, he calls Abraham and his family and he makes a promise. It's a two-part promise. He says, uh, God promises Abraham to turn him into a great nation. And number two, he, he, he promises Abraham that he will bless every fam- family on this earth through him. Now, if you, if you, if you look at what, what is happening now, you will see that god is actually working on a rescue plan a rescue plan to bring back humanity to its original purpose and that original purpose is to live in the presence of god as as uh, uh, you know live in the presence of god as god's royal priest so that's the mandate. So God is bringing the humanity, is planning a rescue, is, is putting together a rescue plan to bring humanity back to its original purpose. And then you see that after four or five generations, or maybe five or six generations, you will see that, is, that the, the, the descendants of Abraham have become a great na- nation in Israel. They become a great nation in Israel, but they are in slavery, uh, they become a great nation in, of Israel, in Egypt, but they are in slavery in Egypt. So God sends Moses to rescue Israel from slavery. So Moses goes to uh, Egypt and he rescues Israel from slavery and he brings them back to a land which we call it as a promised land because that was the land that was promised to Abraham. Now the promised land is, is like the Garden of Eden and it has the same four things that you see in the Garden of Eden. One... It was a place of divine presence. God lived with people of Israel in the temple. And, and that temple was a place where heaven and earth met. Number two, the, the, uh, Israel, the promised land, was a place of life. You can see so many promises, that there's so many blessings, so many promises that God makes to the people of Israel. It was a, it was a place of life. Three, when, 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 when Israel, Israel was, was traveling, was going through a journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, they had a stopover at Mount Sinai. And at Mount, Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, God calls the people of Israel to be a kingdom of priests or a royal priest to him. So they had a mandate where they will reflect the God's wisdom, goodness, stewardship into the world, and, and reflect back the, the, the praises of all creation to God. And finally, God, it, it had a divine purpose. That is, God wanted to bless all nations through Israel. So you'll see these four things repeating in, in, in the Promised Land. Now, we know the story of Israel, that Israel uh, kind of messes up the people of Israel, uh, you know, the sin, the greatest sin is actually idolatry. They start worshipping other gods, they, their priorities change. God is no longer their priority. They are no longer a royal priest to God. And then, um, and, and they, bring their, they bring judgment on themselves. <clears throat> now, um, Now, there are two nations, two great empires at that time. And God uses these two, two great empires. One is Assyria, the other one is Babylon. And they come and they destroy this whole nation of Israel, both the northern nation of Israel and the southern nation of Judah. And they're decimated. They are like humiliated politically, socially, and they are taken in slavery. And, th- th- and, and, it, it's, and, and that's the beginning of the exile of people of Israel. Now, why exile? Exile is important. It's important because for a Jew of that time, it was comparable to what happened to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The in the, Adam and Eve were exiled from the Garden of Eden, and in the same way, the people of Israel were exiled from the Garden of Eden. And, and if, 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 I were, if I were a Jew at that time, I would have seen all the devastation and the, and the death that took place at that time. All the devastation and death that took place at that time, and 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 the people and the, the people of of Israel they actually were disappointed. You know why? Because they thought God was has had had aban- abandoned them. They were disappointed because God had abandoned them. They they remembered the promise that God made to Abraham, and now there was no kingdom, there was no promised land, there was no temple, and they thought that the promise that was made to Abraham has ended. But God. Is a good God, so what did he do? He started speaking even before exile to to a set of people known as prophets and he and, and he started giving them messages and visions and dreams, and these people were, were very faithful to God, even though they were not treated well. They went and shared those messages with people they shared those messages with people and they also documented all of it. And, and from that documentation, you get what is known as the prophetic books of the Bible. Now, the prophetic books of the Bible has two sections in it. The first section always talks about judgment, or rather, I would say, the first, one of the sections talks about judgment, and it talks about exile. But the other section talks about hope, of uh, hope and of God's faithfulness, God's love, And of a coming of a future king who will bring Israel out of exile. A future king who will will rescue the whole of humanity from from exile. Now the story continues. And, And the reason why I'm narrating this whole story is I want you to understand that the salvation story is not... Uh, a a, a, a story that people think it is. It's not narrowly focused on going to heaven, but as as God's creation, we are all here as part of the salvation story. Now, God was faithful and is faithful and is good, and he sent his son Jesus to rescue us. Now, this is, called, this is like a rescue operation, right? Where Jesus is, has come, he's rescuing people from slavery. And, and the early New Testament writers, especially the, 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 the writers who wrote the gospel, they, they started they start documenting all of this after Jesus is risen and his, his, his ascended into heaven. And as part of the early church tradition, they start documenting all of this these uh, this, uh, this things that Jesus did, and, and they start documenting the story of Jesus. And you'll see that they, actually, when you look at the, the, the four Gospels, it is just the continuation of the, of the story of the Old Testament. The, the continuation of the salvation story that was documented in the Old Testament. And most of these Gospel writers, they actually start from the place where the prophets stopped. For example, Matthew. In the first four books of of Matthew, Matthew, he, 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 he shows that Jesus is the continuation and fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. And that Jesus is the future king who was promised from the line of David. That Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. See, the, the presence of God had left Israel, at the, time of Israel uh, at the time of exile. But now, in the form of Jesus, this presence of God has come back to Israel. In the form of Emmanuel, God is with us. You can actually see this also in John chapter 1, verse 14, where, where John says that this word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen the glory. And what is that glory? The glory that was there when God's presence was there in the temple of God. In Israel and and then the third you know Matthew talks about Jesus being the new Moses who's greater than the the Moses in the Old Testament the, the Moses in the Old Testament went to Israel to Egypt sorry to rescue Israel from slavery of Egypt in the same way Jesus he, he, he came to rescue humanity from the slavery of sin so so you can see the parallels now, now, we have we've talked a lot about history, but, but what is the reason for talking about history? Why did we spend so much time talking about history? Because it is necessary to, to get a wider understanding of the, of the, of the rescue plan or the, rescue, or the salvation story of God. This the salvation story or the rescue plan of Jesus is also known as the good news or the gospel. The good news is not narrowly focused on people going to heaven. It is, we are all part of the larger salvation story. Now, for, to the, the good news to the people at the time of Jesus was that God has not abandoned them. The good news to you and me is the same, that God has not abandoned us. He loves us, he cares for us, and he sent Jesus to rescue us. Now, when we believe and trust that Jesus' death and resurrection was for me, then we are forgiven and we are made right with God. A relationship is established with God. We get adopted into a new family, a new multi-ethnic family of Abraham. And we get a new future, a life-led a life which has been transformed by Jesus. See, when we watch these movies, we always look at a surprise happy ending where the hero of the movie is dying and then something happens and he comes back alive and the movie ends. But the resurrection of Jesus is not a surprise happy ending. It's actually a, a, a new beginning. It's a glorious new beginning a beginning of a new humanity and when we choose to believe jesus when we choose to trust jesus then we come out of the old humanity and we enter into a jesus like new humanity where this new humanity is is uh, is liberated from sin is free to love god is free to love their neighbors this humanity which is led by the Holy Spirit. This humanity, which is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And with this transformed humanity, God is bringing heaven on earth. God's kingdom on earth is coming through this humanity. And, and as part of this kingdom, the f- we, as, as part of this kingdom, we have four things, we, we, we have four important things. One, we are a place of divine presence, the new temple filled with the Holy Spirit, a place where heaven and earth meet. Second, we are a place of life. When encountered with darkness, we can bring life by loving others, by raising this, by, by healing the sick, by raising the dead, cleansing the leper, and breaking bondages. And I, I, we have a role to play. We are a royal priesthood, bringing God's stewardness, stewardship, wisdom, goodness into this world, seeing new possibilities, and reflect, reflecting back the praises of creation back to God. And four, we have a role. To play in the expansion of God's kingdom, the advancing of God's kingdom. And in all of this, the best part is we don't need to do anything. The only thing that we need to do is to live our life with Jesus as a king. And when we do that, then we touch l- lives of people around, touch lives of pe- uh, t- we touch the countries around us, the communities around us and bring God's Goodness and His kingdom, uh, in, in wherever we go. Before I end, I want to just read one, one scripture, which has really, t- which just touched me, while I was preparing for uh, for this message. It's in Ephesians 3:20, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. And accomplish all this, he will achieve infinitely more than your, your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I'll read it again. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I I just want to end by saying this, that the abundant life that Jesus has for you and your family is more than what you can expect. A life in its fullness, overflowing. uh, Which is which is overflowing. So God bless you all, and 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 you have a wonderful week ahead.
1: Thanks, Ashish. So that was so great. So like I love kind of learning more about the Bible as well and like the history and why we believe these things that, that we believe as well and I want to encourage you that if anything that as she said or that you've kind of heard this morning is kind of like pricked your interest you're like hmm actually I didn't know that or maybe I wasn't aware of the depth of this like I would encourage you to find out more like questioning what you hear and kind of wrestling with it is not a symptom of weak faith but actually of strong faith that it's good to kind of find out more and to read more around the scriptures that Ashish has brought and go back and read the whole chapter and listen to somebody else talk about it and use your discernment in your heart to really understand and to build your knowledge of of what it is that we believe. So I would really encourage you to do that. Um, So yeah, so thanks Ashish. Uh, Guys, it is nearly 11 o'clock. So when the service is done, Go and grab a coffee, do what you need to do, Uh, hit that Zoom link for 11.15, come and join us for the 2020 Lifehouse annual update. Don't expect it to last more than 20 minutes, so it's okay, it's not going to take your whole afternoon, but we would love, again, if you consider yourself part of Lifehouse Church, I warmly welcome you to come and join us on the Zoom call, we'll see you there, and also we'll see you here, outside, next weekend, next Sunday, have an amazing week, be blessed. Thank you for being part of us. You are amazing. Bye-bye.